0: Hello, and welcome to episode two of We Literally Don't Know Anything. Again, I'm your host, Ben, joined here with Avin. Hey,
1: what's up?
0: David Rates?
1: Hello.
0: And unfortunately, Michael cannot be with us today. He's busy. But to replace him, we have two very talented and knowledgeable individuals. James Lorenz. Hello, hello, hello. And David Beck. Hello. So... In order for, uh, I guess, to get to know James and David, I wanted to allow them to talk about a topic that they have prepared, and uh, maybe we'll discuss it for a few minutes. So, uh,
2: All right, welcome to, to start? welcome to David and James' Edumacation Corner. So we're going to talk about really small and really large quantities. So to start out, I'm going to be the small quantities, uh, not in relation to how short I am, even though that is the case. It's quite short. It's quite uh, short. Compared to Ben, who's 6'5", by the way. Quite large. I am a lot taller than David. Uh, so basically, I'm going to start out with something called the Planck length. and um, if You've probably heard of the Planck's constant in chemistry, but Max no. Planck, he made the Planck's constant. Yeah, I have
3: not heard of that.
2: They literally know nothing, David. That is true. Well, the Planck's constant is is it's a number used to describe number of atoms because it's such a small number. So the Planck's length, which was made by the same guy, it doesn't actually have any physical significance. It's just believed to be like the shortest meaningful length. Like, if um for example, if the world wasn't wasn't pixels, that would be a pixel. And it's so small. Um, like any attempt to investigate anything smaller than this length would just create a black hole. It just it's like the smallest unit of length ever. Um, and like for example, if we if human beings were atoms, then then we would be like measuring stuff with. Plank's length, because that would be like an inch. Wow. We were all atoms, and so the the blo- the mind-blowing fact here to describe how small this length is. If you think about the diameter of a human hair, which is uh, fifty micrometers or so, it's about the halfway point between how thick a plank length is, and then the size of our observable universe. Okay, so, I'm confused. So the size of a human hair yeah. is the midpoint between how well, small a Planck's length is and how large the universe is. So for those of you who don't know, the logarithmic scale,
3: the higher up you get in the x, the smaller the increase is in the y. Which means that this is an astronomically large number that we're dealing with, this midpoint here. Okay.
1: What does this have to do with um, philosophy? Okay.
2: Well, it, it doesn't really. it just, it just such a small... If we want to bring it with philosophy, um, really the nice. Planck's length is like what the world is like drawn in. It's like one dot in this large painting of the universe as we know it.
1: That was beautifully
2: thought. Thank you. That's interesting. And now compared to some huge numbers that James will talk about. Uh, yeah, so on the other side of the spectrum,
3: we've got something called Graham's number, which is the largest number. This is hear that? Um, Something going on over there?
1: Oh, no, this is, uh, um, I'm in a room, and next to me are people.
3: Sounds like they're having more fun than we are right now, I'll tell you that. Yeah,
1: no, they're all on PCP right now, so they're going crazy. Anyway,
3: so we got Graham's number, um, which is the largest number that a human has ever constructively used in any kind of circumstance, mathematics and counting, anything. So picture this, you are this guy, this uh, mathematician. Uh, named Ronald Blair. Sure. you're studying uh, cubes, right, which are basically objects with every side length is the same length. Everybody knows cubes for right? him. But he studies hypercubes, which have more than three dimensions because you can have four dimensions, five dimensions, just not in this reality, but he imagines them as so. And basically what he did was he sliced the cube, these hypercubes, in a bunch of different ways and said, how many, how many smaller cubes can we fit inside of that? And a good analogy to what he did uh, was picturing groups of people. And there's many, many groups of people, and there's many people in each groups. And you try to make a connection between uh, one person in one group and another person in another group. And Graham was like, so if you've got these groups of people, or in other words, if you've got this cube, hypercube, divided into different sections, what's the smallest number of connections you can have in order to fulfill these certain mathematical conditions that he laid forth for one reason or another. And so, Four. sorry? No, nothing. continue. All right, so you, So he's like, I have no clue what this number is. But what mathematicians do is uh, saying, having no clue is basically zero to infinity. Now, if we can make that um, range, a finite number to a finite number, that's way smaller. So they said about doing that. So they got the range. The upper bound of this number of minimum connections is Graham's number, which we'll discuss how big it is. It's insanely big. The lower bound, by the way, guys, it's six. At least it was until last year. They went up to seven. Science. It's great. It's genius. So Graham's number, put it in perspective, is so big that they had to create a new mathematical operation in order to express it. They... So you know how you can add, and you add a bunch of times, it's multiplying. if you multiply a bunch of times, it's exponential, right? Mm-hmm. They did one step above that to exponentiating multiple times, and then they did that multiple times. There is more digits in Graham's number than there are particles in the universe, I believe. You literally can't comprehend this number in your brain, because the sheer amount of information in your brain would create a black hole. Because oh, there's, sure. there's things about there's lots about entropy and black holes. There's more information that would be stored in your head if you had Graham's number than there could be stored in a black hole and thus would create a black hole. So you mm-hmm. can't fathom this number. And so that's the biggest number that anybody has ever used to answer any kind of question. They thought of a new one a couple years ago, but Graham's number is way more interesting.
2: So, Wait, so it's not actually big. They have a bigger one now. Oh, okay. Yeah, But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how we, um, we kind of have like a general idea of, of what could be like the smallest thing that is useful and one of the largest things that useful. So technically we now are in a way aware of everything in between. So we're coming closer and closer to being almost too aware of, of what we're made of. That hey, is yeah.
0: very confusing.
2: Yeah, so that was um, yeah. We are uh, you know STEM oriented people. We're so nerds. Yeah. We're nerds. Yeah, deciding to come onto a podcast called We Literally Don't Know. Anything. So we taught you a little bit something, I guess.
3: Hmm. <laughs> okay.
4: It was very inspirational. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna take that and, like a hard and apply it to my everyday life. <laughs> now, I
4: don't get
1: how you can apply that to your everyday life. I don't know. Exactly. It's okay.
0: On to our next topic. So.
1: Wait, what was the point of that?
3: Uh, it was interesting. It's to teach, the to educate the little children who know nothing.
1: That's true. You know what? I think that, you know what? I appreciate it. And, um, I appreciate you guys.
3: I appreciate you.
0: I think the true purpose of that segment was to explain the bounds of our universe. The upper and lower bounds. And in life, we can do something to the maximum, something to its greatest size, or it can do something to its lowest. And if we take and if we understand the limits placed upon our life, then we then can understand our abilities and life itself.
2: Understand our potential and yeah, we can't yeah you won't know, we'll overextend right or anything.
0: So knowing the smallest size in the universe, a plank.
2: So always know your limits.
0: And knowing grams number one of the largest numbers, the second largest number in existence. Uh, they're symbolic for knowing more about the world and its greater potential. So I think we're going to move on to topic two. And, and that is going to be the past and what role it plays in our future. So I know for me, this topic... Um, is very near and dear to my heart. I think it's very interesting, and I, I think it's very important for people to learn from the past and to build on it. So for me, I'd say that the past influences our future through, through teaching us, through learning. I've learned through, you could say, education, and you can also say my experiences with people around me. And so, hopefully, that can open up uh, the floor, and maybe, if anyone else would like to talk about that, uh, David.
2: Sure. Um, so when I think of uh, how the past affects the future, um, it kind of the first thing that comes to my head. Another STEM-related thing is the multiverse, and this is kind of the the theory that every time, every instant, when something can happen, if you make like for example, um, if like a girl texts you and you either decide to respond to it or don't respond to it. Whatever you do, a new universe branches off from that point, one of which you did respond to her and one of which you did. And this happens at every single instance. So if you look at kind of like a map of everything that's happened in your life, it would kind of be like a pyramid with one event at the beginning, and it keeps branching off. And you're at one of the one of the branches at the top. So how the past affects the future is kind of how, how um, like. Uh, without the past, this future is not at all possible. Everything in the past affects the future in some way.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. Any other
0: things? It's that life is broken down as many decisions that
2: are binary. Yeah, and every single decision kind of starts a new life in that direction. I
1: you even watched a movie. I was like. That.
0: Once. What movie?
4: Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Sure. Okay.
0: Well, it's also
4: like like Back to the Future.
0: There's
4: a movie that. Oh, that's kind of different from that because that he goes back and he changes something and then it changes the future.
1: Yeah. No, but i know There was like a movie. I think that like Jared Leto on it. And he was just doing he. It was some weird movie like Mr. Zero or something like that. But it was talking about each branched off reality. And like the different, like you know, paths in which his life took shape.
3: James, well, causality is, is definitely. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Uh, yeah. Causality is definitely a really uh, interesting topic because, op- obviously, science fiction writers, screenwriters, playwrights—they always like to, they like to mess with the idea, of um, a very basic concept—the cause and effect concept. If something happens before, that's necessarily something that must happen afterwards. It leads to it, like um, the idea of uh, moving things. So um, in types of theologies, there's this concept of the first mover, which people claim is God. So the first mover is um, an idea that like, um, because of this cause and effect relationship, every effect must have been started from a cause. And that that, that cause was once an effect that was sparked by something else and that from something else and so on in a huge chain. But they say they can't go on forever, right? It has to start somewhere. And so that's the first mover. And so everything can be explained down the line from this first mover, which um, some something claim is God. At the bottom of the pyramid.
4: The first mm-hmm. event
3: that's brought it all. Yeah. And so but then that arises the question, like, you know, if we learn from our past, as Ben said, um, and if everything is just the effect of some cause, then how much choice do we have to act on them? Do, are, are, is everything do we else? have free will? Yeah, so if you, you want to go to
2: a determinist kind of way, then you obviously say no, right? Yeah, um, for, for in, the, in the case of free will, there was this theory that I was interest, uh, introduced to by a friend that it always, I always reminded of that when I think of free will, how what if um, there is no free will because ever since we were born, we start out in a blank slate, of just some chemicals in our brain and then every single event that's thrown at us the minute we open our eyes those chemicals react in a certain way to make the body do something and then every single event influences yourself and adds more chemicals more chemical reactions and so technically every single thing every single input leads to an output which leads to more inputs which leads to a different output so technically it's all predetermined chemically in an insanely vast scale. Mm-hmm. So in that way, you can tell yourselves that that's kind of like a scientific basis for predestination.
0: Yeah.
1: So so when I decide to become a disappointment
2: to my parents,
1: this wasn't is, is really my decision, was it?
2: Well, that's mm-hmm. the thing. But then again, you can just say that that's the definition of free will. Because it is you and your body and your brain is deciding it. So, I don't know. Free will is always a tricky subject, because it's hard to tell what actually is free will.
1: Do you personally believe that we have free will?
2: Oh, man. Um, well, the way I... The way...
0: <clears throat> one part I'm thinking of this uh, topic at is, like, the chemical thing. Um, in reference to that, at least, is... Even if if these chemicals are reacting in a way to influence your decision, there's still those... There's still multiple decisions which you could be taking. And now you can say, like, oh, well, the chemicals influenced you to go that one decision. Uh, At some point, um, it has to come down to, like, you as an organism, like, making, like, that decision. But making the the decision
2: can be traced back to a certain... Uh, neural sense, or uh, you know, something it, it traced back to something that happens in your brain, which is chemical. Yes, made no, that,
0: that and that's what I was saying is the counter. But <clears throat> if we look on a micro scale, like we're all like cells, right? So we're made up of cells. So then you could say the cells in my body, like, are controlling everything I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's kind of The whole chemical argument, but because we're these higher organisms, don't you can't you can't break down all these decisions to just the micro scale. It has to be the macro zoomed out of an organism, even if there's smaller inner
3: uh, functionings by these chemicals in your brain. So uh, anybody who's interested in this kind of, this topic, like determinism, anyone who's a fan of philosophy or life, which is I personally would think this uh, podcast should have been titled, uh, they should read uh, a book by a man called Steven Pinker. It's called The Blank Slate. He's got, a, he's got some interesting ideas about what it means to have determinism, or to, to have a determinist life, or to have free will, depending on what your cup of tea is. Um, and another way to approach this, I think, is by... Um, which is how how Stephen Pinker approaches it, is the nurture versus nature argument. Right? So you're born as a baby. You're a blank slate. You've got some genes in you that tell you how to produce an effect based on a cause. Right? Someone pokes you, you cry. Something like that. That's something that's coded in our DNA. But then again, you've got your parents too, right? Who are um, most certainly the biggest influencers in how you behave later in in life. I think we can all agree on that. Right? and so when you approach the idea of determinism or free will, I think of it like, okay, um, obviously we can't do everything we want to in this life. I can't, for example, walk to Mars. I can't I can't um, fly a plane at this instant because yeah. I am limited in some capacity in that way. So obviously we do not have total free will. There are some boundaries, constraints by which... We have to live our lives. But on the other hand, I can choose to walk to my left or to my right at any moment right now. And uh, we're trying to figure out, is that a product of human nature? Or is that a product of who we've been around? Um, And so Steve Pinker says that it's about 50-50. We've seen a lot of results from both uh, types of influence that... Uh, we get, we get in, that we get like controlled in in a way by both who who we have interacted with in our past and how
2: our chemical makeup is. Well, uh, um, when it comes to that final decision, though, I, I do agree with what you're saying. But let's pretend you go into someone's life and you pause it <clears throat> right before they make a decision, and then you you extract their brain out of their body, you put a bunch run a bunch of tests, and then you guys have to predict what decision they're going to make based on their brain. And let's say we have insane machines that can very, very, very almost certainly, if not certainly, predict the next move based on their brain. You know what I mean? So that final decision, um, I think humans are predictable enough so that instead of free will, it's more like we're doing what we um, as an individual will do because of who we are. And then again, you can just say that's free will because it's who you are, not someone else.
3: Do you know what the problem with that is, though? Is quantum mechanics that you literally can't you can't define some some innate part of the universe on some fundamental level, and so these crazy machines can calculate everything, but they actually can't calculate what decision you might make because I think Stephen Pinker actually says this in his book because there is this there there's there's only probabilities of what a person can do, but when you get down to the quantum mechanical level of things, we literally you, don't you literally know. can't know, and so in a way. That's a simulacrum of free will because you can predict things, but there's still a chance that you might do something else so we can never truly know. so in the end you might as well consider life to have to be having free will because that's something I forgot about yeah, there's no other way to think about there's it. there's a whole universe
2: in the quantum side that we don't know about.
3: you can't
0: Okay, well I think uh, I think we've explored the topic uh, succinctly. Is there anything else you guys want to add? Uh, no. Okay. And
4: David? Um, I think uh, there was something that you were saying earlier when you said, like, you can look at the chemistry, but then there's also something something else, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to something that we talked about in the last episode a little bit, as if, mm-hmm. if you are more than just the particles that make up your body, you know, if there's something yeah. else. And, you know, you can take, if you believe that there is something else, then, you know, you have to look at more than just... The chemistry that will influence the reaction.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's um, like for example, the God particle that some scientists claim to have found. It's like something that travels in between our atoms. It's something that we can't really imagine, and just so- anything like that. Like, what if um, there's you know something that's going on inside that universe that we don't know about?
0: Mm. <clears throat> well, then I think we'll move on to. The second topic, which was actually inspired by an interview with uh, a New York Times interview with Kendrick Lamar, in which he said, uh, quote, I don't want to be something that just comes and goes. Now, this was in reference to some of his past work, some of his past um, songs and albums. But I think this has a greater uh, significance. And relation to how people think of their lives and their legacy, maybe after their death or after their success in life. So, I wanted to ask uh, all of us here uh, on the pod um, really, uh, yeah, what do you feel about, like, do you personally or currently say, like I want to leave my mark on the world. I know Avin. In the last episode, you talked about uh, your charity work, and yes. that gave you, you some, that, that gave you some meaning in life. And <laughs> is that part of your your quote unquote legacy? Like the
1: mark that I leave? Yeah, like the legacy that I leave. Well, um, I don't. I don't know. Like I, mean, I. I don't really know how to put it into like words, but um, I don't really think it's necessary to leave a legacy upon the earth i mean like how you know like what's the point i guess you know like I, I just want to live life in a way that i enjoy in which i can also give others joy in their lives Like i don't think there's any need to leave my mark or for other people to know of my accomplishments or what i've done i don't know
0: oh so so for you it's just about living sort of your own life like
1: having the- well, no, it's not. It's not just about living my own life. I think it's like, let's say, like back to my charity work or something. I like that like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need people to know as part of my legacy that I helped other people, mm-hmm. sure. or that I was like a charitable person who wanted to like make the lives of others better. Of course. Like, well, no, I don't know what I'm trying. I just don't think it's necessary for people to know that that's what I want. Like, I don't like really care.
0: Or so not, like
4: not what just, my legacy will
0: be. Not just charity work, though. Just anything.
4: Well, yeah. I think, that's I that's think what Ivan's trying to say is that, like, he. Yes, it's important that like he leaves a, a mark on the world that like people's lives were improved because of what he did. But he doesn't need the the recognition. Like yeah, he doesn't need really people guess. to know that he's he was the one who did it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be related or uh, in line with him
2: necessarily. Yeah. So it's more important to do good for the world but it doesn't necessarily matter whether people remember you or write your name down. It purely is more, way more important. It's just your impact on the world, but not necessarily you know, the actual um, impact you left on it afterwards. Yeah. Do you guys
3: think that the, um, the reason for doing that is because it would ultimately create a better world, or is it because it would make you happier inside to, to do these good acts?
1: Um, I think it's to leave a better mark on the world, because I feel if uh, you, if it's to make yourself feel happier about doing the acts, then you would want some sort of recognition for doing those acts in the first place, I guess.
3: Not necessarily. You could be going for a, a sense of fulfillment, or as Aristotle calls it, a sense of eudaimonia, um, which is a fancy word for contentment, the sum total of goodness in a person's life. Um, which I guess could be argued might be more important to a person than doing a bunch of good in the world. Of course, duty is... You know, duty always works. Um, And so some people would say that, yeah, they would agree with you. It's better to help people in the world than try to feel good about it. So
0: then... So then, Avin, in response to that quote of Kendrick Lamar, would you say that... Or would you say that... you don't really care if you are something that just comes and goes? Or do you care? Or, I don't know, what would you say?
4: Before I have an answer, can I ask one question about this quote? Yes. So how are you interpreting it? Are you saying that when he says, I don't want to be something that comes and goes, people re- remember his name or people see the effects of his life?
0: Right. I because might-
4: if, it, if it's people remembering his name, like I don't care at all if people remember my name. Yeah, but if people, yeah, if it's people, like, seeing, like, the effects of your life, then yes. You know, that, that's something that would be much more important to me.
2: Yeah, in that way, his name will live on, but not the, like, not the spell, like, the actual name, but his presence lives on forever. Like, um, in, like a shadow still there. Like, for example, this is just some random fact I heard earlier today, but, um, you know, the word nerd was actually invented by Dr. Seuss.
3: Now, really?
2: We use it every day, and no one knows it's by Dr. Seuss unless you hear about it. But it just lives on forever, and that was his little
3: impact on it. You guys have no idea how much work David has been trying to get that fact into the podcast. We spent hours toiling over this.
0: <laughs> Um. Personally, I... Don't you guys feel that there is a... Is there a fear that um, that you will be forgotten, or that your effects even will go unnoticed? Because I, I kind of feel that way sometimes. That I'll um, be my effect is negligible, or it will be negligible, or uh, and I think maybe that's what Lamar is uh, <coughs> inside. I
2: guess. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think.
0: No, what are you saying? Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, oh, sorry. Um, I was saying, I think it's because of what like Kendrick Lamar is depends on what your personal goal is like for, for him he's one of the greatest rappers of a generation so he's one of Billy so for him that is his goal his goal is to be that kind of guy like if you if you somehow calculated the percent of all people who will be remembered after a hundred years after they die it's, ex- it's probably extremely small so for someone like a doctor his goal would not be the same as Kendrick Lamar's and I think that's perfectly okay how his goal is just to help the people in his lifetime. But Kendrick's goal is to be remembered because that's just his, um, you know, his work. I think, I think Kendrick
3: is ultimately, like many of us, he's scared of death. Um, because we, nobody knows what's going to happen afterwards, right? Um, so when he says, I don't want to be someone that just comes and goes, he's making light of the fact that after you die, You could just, everything could just end. And nothing what you did mattered. But as long as somebody remembers what you did, that, in a sense, means that you live on too. And so he's expressing his fears of whatever comes, the afterlife, whatever you believe in. He's expressing his fears of that unknown um, through his whatever
2: he wants, his achievements, one could say. Um, Not even just death. It could be retirement or just being not a cool artist anymore. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so when he he says this quote, I mean, nobody cares about how they,
3: nobody, when you get down to it, nobody actually cares what happens to them after they die. They care about what, how they feel they would become after they die. Because once you, once you die, if you, if you subscribe to that um, belief, you don't feel anything anymore.
2: So what he really cares Mm -hmm. about
3: is thinking that in a hundred years, I'm going to be nothing. That's what matters not the actuality of it but convincing himself that he's gonna be nothing in a hundred years and that leaves him unfulfilled in the now and so what he's trying to do is set up a circumstance in which he can feel good about himself now by convincing himself that he's gonna be remembered and the best way to do that is
2: to make sure it actually happens. This is kind of like a Van Gogh like do you would you actually want to be Van Gogh? If you really think about it, you wouldn't actually want to be Van Gogh because his life sucked, and during his life, he had no idea that he was his name would be remembered. So having the goal to be Van Gogh is not a good thing. So regardless of whether he is the currently one of the greatest painters of all time, which he is, um, that's not something we should aspire to be, because personally, no one actually wants to have a sucky life. Yeah, I think that, I think that raises a great question. Would you
3: want to? Would you want to be someone who feels like they'll never get anywhere in life after or they'll never have any kind of a memory and they end up do being remembered or would you rather be someone who thinks that they're going to be remembered long after they die, but it ultimately never happens? What would you choose? Hmm.
0: I have no idea.
3: Yes. Um. What do you think Kendrick would choose?
1: I think Kendrick would choose uh, no. Like, do you think like Are you saying that like would Would you rather live a life of like discontent, knowing that you have an influence in the future, versus like thinking that you live you a life? You
3: never know it. You would think that you're just a nobody for the rest of your life, but you turn out to be Van Gogh. You just but you'll you'll never know. Or you could think you're going to turn into Van Gogh, and not. But nobody remembers you fifty years down the line.
1: Um, I, mean, I think Kendrick was- would choose the first answer. He would choose that. I, well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, he he feels as though his art form is a representation of his community and he's trying to enlighten... Well, no, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. He's trying I think,
0: to... I think he's... Well, he says he doesn't want to be something that just comes and goes so he would want to be yeah. the lasting...
1: Well, I don't know. But I don't think he wants to have the memory that he, he doesn't want to feel as though he wants to be remembered. He wants... To be remembered so even if he thought he was nothing I think he wants the message in his music about his community about his feelings or whatever to live on Yeah. so really I think remember. he'd want that as opposed to thinking that it would live on even though it wouldn't yeah because so, I think so there's more importance to his art being showcased like yeah
0: yeah Ivan were you going to say something earlier as well
1: on this topic Uh no, no I don't think so did
2: you forget it okay yeah, I guess of Kendrick of oh, rappers in general, in this specific case, um like I think they just want to be remembered as an old, while when they're an old man. Like when Kendrick's like 70 years old, that's when he wants to do re- to, to hear himself be remembered. But yeah, I don't think he's really looking far as far into his death and post you know, mortem because I don't think anyone can truly think about that because it really doesn't affect them. Even if someone says, Oh, I want to be remembered past my death, it really has no, you know, it doesn't affect us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, I agree.
0: David, do you have anything to add about
4: this? Um, well, a lot of this, what you guys are talking about, is saying, is based on the idea that there is no afterlife. And so, like, I don't really, because I believe there is, so I don't really know, like, how, so I don't really, I don't know, I just don't see, like, the importance of talking about all of this, at least for me, because I don't believe any of it really matters, because there, I believe there is a laugh. Yeah, and
0: and can you explain how that, um, how that affects your feeling even more? Could you go more into that?
4: Yeah, yeah, so, like, because I know someone said earlier, I forget who it was, but, they mentioned something about, uh, I forget exactly, but it was something like people don't actually, no one actually ever lives for, like, their afterlife.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: It was something to that um, extent, and, like, I think that, I think quite a, peop- quite a few people would say that they, they live this life now oh, yeah. for what they believe to come in the afterlife, even if this life is, you know, not good. For them, they would do that so that they're they they can you know, live in an afterlife.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So, yeah. I think that's what a lot of you, a lot of people were saying um, mm-hmm. earlier was just a lot of it was based on the, like the the assumption that there is no afterlife, and then you consider all these other things. Yeah. But if there is an afterlife, then a lot of that doesn't, you know, hey, the uh, internet it's not really affected.
0: Yeah. So then. What about, um, I think another thing that was raised in terms of Kendrick Lamar was it doesn't even have to be after death, it could just be after he retires or after yeah. uh, a certain span. So, uh, do you have any, like, any view on that as well? Or do you think that's relatively similar? What do you, what do you mean?
4: Do You mean, like, like, so that he wants to be remembered even just mainly when his career is over?
0: Yeah.
1: But I don't think that's. I don't think. yeah, okay, I don't think it will matter to him whether or not is remembered or not after his career's over. As long as they, he, as long as he sees the influence of his own work or his showcased in some form in like in society or in other young rappers' careers, like I don't think it'll matter to him as much if there's some kind of influence or something that could some Dude. lasting impact. So, yeah, so of, really, or, I guess what I
0: meant was, was. I guess what I meant was that impact, then. not not him per se,
2: but the impact that he leaves.
1: What well, if that's forgotten? What, yeah. Well, what's your question, though? Like, what? Like, wh- well,
2: it's like, taking away, uh, I mean, not forgetting about necessarily, but just focusing on during his life rather than after life.
1: Are you focusing on his career or the impact that he has? Like, are you saying that, like, wh- well, like what impact, are you saying?
0: It's it's any impact, right? I think we've we've broken this down to not being solely about him, right? It's about, uh-huh. you know, it's about an impact that he or someone lays on the world, right? Or effect, how the effect they have on the world, right? This is an example. So, during your lifetime, or say, like, say, like, in terms of a career, you go and you do this thing in hopes to uh, maybe affect the world, or to in hopes to affect the world, right? And then, um, do you care then if, your impact, like, actually reverberates, or if it is just, almost does nothing.
2: Like, after you retire, not
0: die. Yeah.
2: Um, I think I would, I don't think I would care as long as I knew that
1: the impact would be able to affect someone's life or some aspect of society, in even a small and minute way, that may push it forward. I guess I don't think it would really matter, though.
4: Yeah, like, I think for me, like, say... Say if I go into biomedical engineering, right, and I and I develop something that helps people who are physically handicapped, right, and I don't care if my name is attached to it like, at okay. all. Um, yeah, yeah. Like dude. if people, if it helps them in the future, like, and I retire and no one knows, like, I was the one who came up with it, like, as long as people are being like, no, helped yeah. by something to, I did, like, I don't care.
0: I'm trying to separate the whole name. Forget about like your name. What about just like what you did? What if people? I don't, don't-
1: yeah, yeah. So I mean, like what so like what is my what if my career had no actual impact? Like what, like after I'm done, like nothing I've done has an actual influence? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Like what, how would I feel?
0: Yeah.
1: i feel terrible. Okay. And like, then like, yeah, like I, I mean I'd want to have some kind of influence. I think everybody does, right? Mm-hmm. I mean most people do, right? I don't think a lot of people don't live life just to like for no reason, like they don't, like they have some sort of purpose. Yeah, I idea. would say
4: everyone, everyone wants to have an impact.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: A lot of people end up just not, not having an impact at all. And I think a lot of people just, just don't aren't even mad, bro. <laughs> well,
1: well, why are they okay with that though? Like, what makes them okay with not having an
2: impact? I think it's just a, a deflated sense of goals. Like ever since they were kids, they just, they just didn't have enough. Uh, a push and uh, imagination to imagine a better life or a better... Well, does I, that mean that their life
0: has
1: no meaning? Like, yeah, like, what's the point, though? I actually don't I, think... Like, I, I don't...
2: actually disagree uh,
0: with you on that, David. I'd say, <clears throat> for people, I think a lot of what we've been talking about is saying, like, oh, someone's, like, career like influences their impact on the world. But really, um, it doesn't have to be tied to your career at all. It could be tied to your relationships with others and, um, a lot well, what of what you do outside of your
1: career as well. Right? Like yeah. your social or charitable aspects. Exactly. And a
0: lot of people, uh, out there who David, maybe you just, I think you just said like, like, Oh, like they really don't like do anything. And like, it's cause they're like, they don't like set these goals for themselves. Maybe I think it's, it's not that as much. It's really just that they find happiness and the meaning in life. In other Um, ways... ways Yeah,
1: like, they don't need that.
0: That are not, maybe, tied to career aspirations or um, maybe more, like, materialistic...
1: Or just even a sense of, like, like I've wanted to help the world. Or I've wanted to do something. It's it's often
0: tied with uh, some people's uh, job or profession. Yeah, I
2: guess what I was trying to say is some people out there don't have um, that, uh, you know, that goal... The drive. That drive. Because yeah. I think of a, a farmer in like the middle of America. Like he's happy if he has a good, you know, a good yield of crop that season. And that's mm. about it. You know, his uh, what he's been through his whole life hasn't warranted any opportunities for him to imagine anything better. Hmm. But is there something wrong with mediocrity?
3: No. Like, but... what if you like? Obviously, Kendrick wants to aspire for greatness. Right. He is not content. Coming back to that quote he said, he doesn't want to just be nothing, a fat. Um, but have you have you guys ever seen the movie Whiplash? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's oh, a very great, good movie. Great movie. Has a lot of questions in it too about um, mediocrity and um, greatness. Like um, the main character goes through brutal treatment. Right. He is he is just devastated nice. emotionally, mentally, by his teacher in order to create this ultimate jazz musician some high like, like become to, to create one of the greats of jazz but he just wrecks his life wrecks his relationships in order to do that um, and I, I remember watching it and I, I thought I I would I, have been happy if he if he just stayed with the girl or if it were me I would just stay with the girl and just been an okay jazz player or like or a good no. jazz player but nothing worth remembering. I would have been happy in that property um, because the people I'm making an impact on are closer to me than the ones I'd be impacting if I was like Miles Davis, who anyone doesn't know, because you know they don't know, they
2: don't know anything. Great jazz musician. Yeah, um, I think there should be a, a, a good balance of all the, of the of people who really really want to be remembered and people who just you know this is not really good cup of tea, and I think there should be that balance. If everyone in the world was a was a Steve Jobs who wanted to take over an industry, that would be crazy. And we'd no one would get anywhere and wars would happen every day. But so, yeah, what I'm saying is it's okay what your personal goal is, um, regardless of what it is. So you're looking for fulfillment in Yeah, so as long as there's a fulfillment in some way or not.
0: Okay, then I think, uh, I think we've discussed that topic pretty thoroughly. I'd now like to move on to... Uh, Our last and final section, where where we're actually going to be responding to a question and a comment uh, which was placed as a response to our discussion of the meaning of life in episode one, which was uh, last episode. So here, um, a viewer, a uh, listener, uh, stated, uh, "During During the discussion of the meaning of life, I feel there was a glaring omission. Avan first said that he felt the meaning of life was to find meaning in your life. And for him, that was through helping others. So does that mean that if someone chooses to not find meaning in their life, preferring to just whistle their life away, or someone never finds meaning in their life, does that mean their life is meaningless? And if someone never helps another person in their life, is their life meaningless? So really, this is a lot on topic of what we were just talking about. This is going to be building on it. Um, But... um, And then here a little bit more, uh, like what about the people that Avin is helping? Are their lives meaningless because they're the ones being helped and not the helpers? Or with Ben's definition, if someone never chooses to improve upon herself or himself, does that make their life meaningless? I personally don't believe that someone's life could be meaningless. To my understanding, the question about the meaning of life is asking why life exists and what's the point of life, Right? So if we're asking that question, the answer needs to be something that applies to all lives. It seems that your discussion is focused on the meaning in your lives, in each of you as individuals, not the meaning of life itself. My answer might be that the meaning of life itself is to learn and discover, because everyone at some point in their life, and usually in their entire life, is learning and discovering new things. So that was uh, their statement, and I thought that was actually really good, because I feel we did not... Uh, probably cover the meaning of life and I think she's right that um we sort of tailored it to our individual lives so I wanted today to today uh do what this listener suggested and create a definition that can fully explain um the meaning of life in uh
4: I have I have one thing uh, before we, yeah. go, because in that the statement by the, the viewer, yeah, um, at the end they stated that their what they believe is the meaning of life is to to learn and discover, right? Yeah, I think that has the same flaw as what the viewer points out in yours and Ivan's that just because people are more likely to be learning and discovering. Um, in their life at least one time then help somebody doesn't say that if someone doesn't do it that has the same flaw as saying if they don't learn and discover now is their life meaningless
0: well I think uh, the listener was saying that that everyone everyone does learn and discover right
4: I would like, say in, in their life I would say almost everyone helps at least one person do something even just hold a door for somebody or do something like that so I would say that those two are like very similar in saying that if someone doesn't do one, is their life meaningless? I think you can apply that to both.
0: But, but, um, but then, but,
2: hmm. I think, um, uh, trying to define what the meaning of, of a human's life is, is, is kind of, I don't know, it's, 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 it's it, it goes against, like, uh, it trying to tells us what to do. Maybe like the meaning of life is simply just to find a meaning in life. Like if every person just has a way of being content with what they're doing and how they're pursuing it. Well, well, let's, let's entertain it. Let's entertain it for a couple of minutes. Let's try to let's try to construct the meaning
3: of life, guys. <laughs> five college students are going to define life for you. Um, yeah. All right. So we had a guy at the door. He's gone now. Fear not. That was,
1: uh, <laughs> that was Max Norris. Really?
3: Yeah, he was at the door. Wait, let me see. If you, you
1: should can... tell him to join in with this thing. Hi, we're yes. recording a
0: podcast. Hey, we got hey, another we guest got, We got a guest speaker here. Uh, Max, Max Norris. Norris. Max, say hi. Uh, hello. Max is so, Jewish. Funny, a little louder, a little louder. Hello. Uh, Max is Jewish. Um, Shalom. Gesundheit. Uh, 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 Max. So, um, Max. Max can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. What is the meaning of life? Subscribe to my YouTube no. channel. <laughs> all right, all right, oh, all right. That Max, <laughs> <laughs> please. What's
1: the meaning of life? Um, What's your meaning of life? You know, Martin, what No, 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 you?
3: ultimate meaning of life. General sense. Something that can apply to everyone.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. No, something that can apply to you. Martin Luther King once said, I have a dream. So in life, you have to have a dream. <laughs> Maxie, uh, all right. Oh well, that's actually pretty. <laughs> oh you yeah. have a dream. Yeah, no, no. Dream. Actually, um, no matter how simple that sounds, having a dream itself, and having something that you're always striving for, no matter what it is, and no matter if you reach it or not, maybe that's the meaning of life. Just to have something out there that you're always trying to reach, regardless of whether or not you reach it. Is Max? Is that
1: your dream to have something to reach towards?
3: Yeah. Ha yeah. <laughs> you reaching towards a YouTube channel, can you say, in your past life? Well, yeah. Yeah. well Max currently,
2: currently is... So, his
3: dream, that's his dream. It's, uh,
2: <coughs> yeah, I got, like, multiple dreams, though. Like, I consume all the dreams of, like, a whole bunch of people. <laughs> like, so, yeah, um, you multiple... You consume dreams. Multiple meanings of your life. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. So, so that's,
1: sure, that's your man.
0: name, man. Well, thank you, meaning thank you, Max. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Max. Thanks, Max. Uh,
3: see, see you know. later. Yeah, Everybody, subscribe to his YouTube channel. I didn't. I don't even know what it's called. It's uh, Max Norris. So please. <laughs> check no, it out. It's
1: called Logan Paul. That <laughs> was
0: <laughs> the surprise guest. Uh, maybe we'll have some more in the future. You'll just have to listen and see.
2: I actually really like what he said though about the having the meaning of life is simply to have a dream. Yeah, but sure. The,
3: the, the meaning of life could be just a fine meaning. So instead of instead of like like you gotta think about like cause and effect, which one comes first? Is the meaning of life to something, or is life trying to find meaning? I think that's kind of what he was going towards. Um, let's um, say let's say that life is let's play devil's advocate. Life is about growing and learning, right? As one um, commenter to, uh, told us in an email, is that right, Ben? Yes. So. If life is meaning, uh, the li- I'm sorry, if the meaning of life is to, let's say, further your education, another way of saying it, would that mean that the more educated you became, the more meaning your life made? Would we say that? Um, no. I think necessarily you'd have to. Or, like,
1: what? whether or not someone, like, what if someone decides that they do not want to be educated more in any kind of way?
3: Sure,
2: what if,
1: right? what if... Does- Does their life still have any kind of meaning?
2: Sure. Is there a way to quantify it? Like, that's the thing I don't think
1: there is. Well, yeah, I mean, you can learn from experiences and stuff, but we're saying, like, just from education, like, say, like, formal education, or like, oh, I want to go to college, I want to improve myself in some way, right? Like, say someone doesn't want to do that. Does that mean their life doesn't have meaning?
3: Yeah, see, the problem with trying to define the meaning of life is that you, getting some kind of um, definition nailed down means that it's probably going to be quantifiable. If it's quantifiable, that's going to mean that somebody is going to have more meaning in their life than someone
2: else. Does that mean this person's life is less meaningful? And who decides, like, the quota you have to meet for how much you've learned or how much you've grown? It's just, I don't know. There's a lot of flaws in that. Does this mean that
3: an 80-year-old man who's learned way more than a five-month-old has is more
2: meaningful, more important in life? I mean, obviously not. That's why, yeah, maybe any kind of meaning in life you you decide that has, um, you know, the need for for... individuality a minimum a, yeah yeah maybe that's just there's a huge flaw in that maybe that's we shouldn't pursue the meanings of lives that sound like that Hmm.
0: wait so are you saying that that we can't
2: yeah we shouldn't them? say the general meaning of life is to do something like learn or to you know anything that's okay. okay okay wait david were you saying something
4: what were you sorry? no uh, no you. Yeah. No,
0: Okay, a- Avin, what do you think about this? Oh. Um, well, I mean, like the um, the uh,
1: the what do you call it? The uh, person who asked this question. The viewer, the listener said, um, "I feel as though we shouldn't be necessarily defining a meaning for life. Like necessarily, <laughs> it shouldn't be like I don't know. So uh, what do you call it? Jailed in? You know? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think we should be." Uh, Asking again, as what she said, and why life exists, or what is the point of life? You know, let's let's answer that question.
0: You think so? Sure. Wait, what is the point of life, rather than the meaning
2: of life? Well then, oh. <coughs> well then, I think,
1: I think that's the, the same, same question.
2: question. I think, um, as far as for like the answer. Okay, that,
1: then why does life exist? I like, you think yes. it's the same question. Oh
2: Jesus! Oh boy! <laughs> All
0: right, <laughs> um, that, that will be a topic for another why the hell podcast. It? Okay, but. Maybe, maybe the conclusion we're coming to here is that, like we just stated, maybe there is no general meaning of life, and maybe uh, a meaning of life is individual to every person, and everyone has their own. Everyone has their own meaning of life, and you can't state that there's one meaning that applies. And if to there is,
2: is to find out what that meaning is.
4: Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, I don't, I don't fully agree with that. Yeah,
0: it, it, yeah. What do you, what do you mean? What?
4: I, I, think the meaning of life has to be the same for everybody. It can't be different for everybody. Why? Because it. Th- think about it, like, it just, it just doesn't work. Why? Why
2: not? I don't want to completely refute your argument because you could be right. That's the thing. We don't. I don't know. But that, that's like the big difference. Is there a meaning
1: or is there is not? Is no, David, no, David, what are you saying though? Like, why.
0: Yeah, why? Why,
2: why does there have uh, to
1: be one universal meaning towards life? Of life.
4: Um. It just doesn't seem like. It, you can't have, like, your own meaning in life. There has to be a. Like, for, take like why does life exist, right? There's one reason, right? It's not, like, different for everybody.
1: Yeah. Well, but there can be different that's, theories that's on why, why life, exists, life makes exist, right? Um,
4: yeah, there's different theories, but only one can actually be correct.
0: Yeah.
4: Right? But, so you but, can have different theories about the meaning of life, but there can only be one actual correct meaning of life.
1: But there's, like who's to say well, that, like what is the correct meaning of life?
4: I don't I'm, I, I no one no one can say yeah. 100% for sure. So that, that doesn't mean that happen. there is many.
2: Uh, one of the differences here I think is like religion. Um, and I'm not I'm not my my, my um, point of view is from a non-religious person, which is the difference. And um, yes, people, uh, religious people, which I I complete, who I complete respect, I can see totally why they do think there is one meaning of life for everybody, which would make sense. For example, in the Christian theology, um, everyone is on earth for for the reason to glorify God.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. But, hmm. Well, um, when we when we approach uh, these these kind of topics philosophically, often people will uh, assume well unless you're particularly talking about theological arguments, uh, people will assume that uh, we're, there is there is no higher power here, and the reason being that um, if there is uh, any kind of higher power, like um, let's say the god the Christian God exists for certain. All right, we've got a meaning now. It is to uh, please the Lord. It is to follow His will. Now, we found it. Now we're wondering, okay, what's next? Well, we've got to think about what if there isn't? Because, like you said, there might be um, a bunch of theories for the meaning of life, and we don't know which one's which. So what if, now we're going to have to assume that there is no higher power? And let's go from there. What's going on here? And um, I believe it's Nietzsche who said that there is no meaning in life. There is no higher power. But that shouldn't scare us. That should actually be an optimistic thing, because then it is whatever we make of it, a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but he says it's a good thing.
4: I would argue that that would be, just Just saying that there is no higher power would be should be something that would scare you, because after life, then that means it's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, crazy. everything you do in life yeah. is completely worthless.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, it's
2: Over. not necessarily true because, in my personal, in my personal view, I do believe in a higher power, but I still don't believe there's a there's something we know about the higher power um, that proves anything about an afterlife. But I, I don't want to, you know. Obviously, I'm not going to argue about any because I, you know, I, I respect every whatever you believe in about higher power. And so, um, yeah, I definitely see if you do if you do believe in an afterlife, for you, um, yes, I do see how you know what what uh, David was saying, how there is one meaning of life. Well, but I don't think I'd we, like to. I don't think we can prove which one it is right now. You know,
0: I'd actually like to zoom out, or um, certainly, <clears throat> um, back to the topic of maybe targeting individuals Certainly every person can state uh, the reason why they are live right or their goals in life So then is that their meaning of that or their, their meaning of life or is that something separate? Can we describe that?
1: Um I think that meaning can be derived from the support from what you were trying to achieve with that meaning. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. With that, like maybe okay, like with with someone who is a uh, a Christian, right? I mean they they have one unified meaning that they subscribe towards. And it's kind of uh, backed by that um uh I don't
3: know what I'm trying to say right now. It's philosophy. Nobody knows what they're trying to say.
1: Yeah, I don't know anything.
3: Yeah, we don't know.
0: Well, I think I think we've covered this topic uh, as well as we can today. We'll definitely come back to it in the future, but it's going to take some more thought, and uh, maybe it's going to take some comments from our from our listeners. So, if you'd like to send in some comments or questions, please send your. You're, you can email us at we literally don't know anything at gmail.com and uh, please go rate us on Instagram and uh, not Instagram, iTunes we're not on Instagram please rate us on iTunes and SoundCloud you can rate Ben on Instagram <clears throat> I am on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram he's or, six, uh, five. you can DM me your questions at Oreo on Instagram and also, please give us uh, a rating on iTunes. Hopefully a good rating. We got one bad one. Uh, whoever that is.
3: Uh, have a wonderful day. Take it
0: down. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, this was We Literally Don't Know Anything. And uh, hopefully you learned something.
1: Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait can I just say something? Yeah. Um, if you have bad ratings, you know, just put them up anyway. No. no. I really. want to hear them. I want to hear their...
0: We so you know why they hate it,
1: the show. Maybe we I'm can approve as as a, a collective. Okay. You know, I it's that. It. criticism. Yeah, see David agrees. This is not this is not some, you know, like fucking restrictive thing, alright? Everyone's opinions way, are welcome.
0: Okay. Thank you for listening. And uh we'll see you in uh, two weeks. Bye. A bear!